0: Part of this is, is, is so that you can find yourself in God and so that you can fulfill your destiny. Everybody wants to fulfill their destiny, right? And so we don't really want to live a selfish life, worried about ourselves and all about self and what's my calling and what's my this and my that and what's my future. We don't really want to live like that, but in essence, you have a future. He's thinking great plans towards you. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. So you do have a personal future and destiny and plan and will of God for your life. We all need to find that, live in that. Uh, and I, and I, part of that destiny is found in just knowing God. Yeah, it sounds about that boring. Your destiny is found in just knowing God. And, and it'll sound boring until you know him. And so, you know, the Bible says that we're supposed to... Uh, uh, not lay again the foundation. And then it lists some things about what you're supposed to learn in the kingdom, the faith toward God, repentance from dead works, doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. That's in Hebrews 6. There's foundational stuff that we got to teach here and preach here and we got to focus on and learn and all that. But then he says, at some point, let's, let's move on from the foundation. Let us go on to perfection. So you have a destiny, a goal is to go on unto perfection. And so think of it that way, that you know, instead of just chasing your tail, trying to find the dream, trying to live the dream, trying to have the stuff, trying to get somewhere, uh, let, let your somewhere sometimes just be closer to God. Like I'm really, I'm just looking, I'm just getting close. I'm just headed towards him. What's your five-year plan? Be closer to God. What everybody needs a five-year, 10-year plan closer to God. I mean, there's some good leadership tips you can get out there, and, and, but, but you know, a lot of it falls pretty flat once you try to implement. Sounds like a great idea, but at the same time, just following the 10 steps, think of how many millions have tried and just still stuck in the same spot. Why? They got the wrong goal. Amen. Write down your goals. Be like God. Know God. Seek first. And all the other things are at. Seek first the kingdom of God. So we got to get our our focus right and our priorities right. So anyway, we do have a destiny and part of it's going to be found in the message today. But I want to do it by, by going and just looking at God. Examining God. Rejoicing around who he is. When you find out who he is, it'll be easy to trust him. When you find out who he really is, it'll be easy to mimic him. When you find out who he is, it'll be, it'll be so wonderful to be close to him. And you can be happy just knowing him. You can be happy 24 hours in a row just <laughs> great, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is good, his mercy endures. I mean, just knowing him and singing to him and loving him and being with him and letting him fill your heart and fill your spirit with himself. So let's just look at some description of God. Psalm 145, verse eight, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion. Now we've read this a bunch this year, but do you remember it? The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. I said he's gracious and full of compassion. He's real gracious, means he gives gifts you don't deserve. He gives favor. And he's full of compassion. He cares deeply, deeply enough to help you. God, don't you care? Oh, yeah, he cares deeply. God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you know? Oh, man, he is, he is so compassionate toward us. And that's why he will heal, deliver, bless. He's slow to anger and great in mercy. You better be glad he's slow to anger. He's slower than you. He's slower than me. Slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good. He is good to all. And His tender mercies over all his works. That means he's very merciful, very tender, very gentle in all of his works. He's not punching you in the face. He's not even really stepping on your toes. People say, well, the preaching, we really stepped on my toes today. Well, he doesn't even step on your toes. He just barely scratches your heart. The way he gets on you, he just scratches you. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Ooh, I've got to change. Ooh, I've got to admit. Ooh, I've got to confess. Ooh, I've got to turn. He did not he he step on not bruise your feet, bruise your head, knock you on the top of the head. Some of you might need to be knocked on top of the head, but he did not do it. And that's what the problem Some people know they need to be adjusted on top of the head. And so they think, well, God just knocked me on top. of the-. No, no, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Your choices probably did that to you. Do I need to sing this song from the old, the old country song? I think it was, uh, what's that crazy, goofy singer? I don't, I don't remember his name. But was something about uh, everybody needs an adjustment on top of the head. And it was the person, that the, the police officer and the criminal, and so I gave him a little adjustment on the top of the head. And then it was the, then it was the spouse, bawling and squalling and screaming and yelling. So I gave her a little adjustment. I guess that's not that's not good to sing in church. Some of us need a spiritual adjustment on top of the head. Psalm eighty six says something very similar, verse fifteen. But you, O Lord, are full of compassion. And gracious, long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. There you go right there. Long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Long suffering, long suffering and abundant in mercy long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Long suffer he is long suffering, he is long suffering. Pastor, how long are you gonna say that? Long. He is long-suffering. What does that mean? That means he's going to suffer long with you. He's going to suffer long with you. He's he's long-suffering toward the whole world. I mean, he's suffering long with sin of humanity. So much that it's like, when is Jesus coming? Well, till he'll come after I get the precious fruit of the earth. I'm long-suffering waiting for everybody to get saved. I'm long-suffering waiting for your friend to get saved. I'm long-suffering, waiting for your children to repent, turn back. I'm long-suffering, waiting for all these people to, to believe in. I'm long-suffering, waiting for Christian missionaries to obey and go. I'm long-suffering, waiting for the next country to get saved. Long-suffering, waiting for the gospel to spread. Long-suffering, waiting for y'all to finally build a church building. Long-suffering, waiting for y'all to finally act right. Long-suffering, waiting for you to finally obey what you know to be true. He has put up with you for a long, long time. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord Thank you. If you hadn't figured this out yet, you don't understand God. He has put up with your shenanigans. With your doubt, with your unbelief, with your unfaithfulness. He's put up with all of your garbage, all of your ridiculous thinking, all of your laziness. Shall I go on? All of the way you've treated your spouse. All the way you've treated your others, all the way your spouse has treated—he's—he's had long suffering in your marriage. He's put up with you. You've disobeyed. You just kept on disobeying. He kept forgiving, kept forgiving, kept overlooking all of your shenanigans. He still loves you. He's still there for you. He's never left you. He's still available. He's never slapped you in the face. He's never been harsh. He's long-suffering, never put you down, never made fun of you, never threw you out in the garbage. He's long-suffering. He's long-suffering. You can come to him, you can still come to him. If you're alive, you can come to him. The Lord is good, and his mercies endure forever. There is new mercy for you tomorrow morning. This is the nature of God, and this is what allows us to keep coming to him. He is not our troublemaker. He's so long-suffering toward us. That means he's suffered long. That means he's put up with you. I mean, that's the, the kind of the raw way to say it. He's put up with you, but with a good heart. See, when we say it, it's like, oh, I'll put up with you for another 10 years or so. Or usually, I'll put up with you for another three months as long as you change. If you don't change, that's it. Oh, oh, wait a second, wait a second. God's not like that. God's waiting and he's waiting. He's merciful. He's merciful to the next sinner. He's merciful to the sinner that sinned against you. Sometimes we we get this vengeful thing where it's like, God, you got to punish them, man. They really hurt me. What if he did that to you? Like you hadn't hurt somebody? He's long-suffering. He's beautiful. He's so gracious. His tender mercies are over all his works. It's beautiful. That's God. Some religions don't understand God. They they think that that they would never say that. They would treat him as a harsh taskmaster. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. God is faithful. Will you sing about it? God is faithful. He is faithful. And in the Old Testament, that word faithful means steadfast. He is just constant. He is so constant. Remember James 1, that uh, good things come from above, from the Father. The Father of light with whom there is no variables variableness, neither shadow of turning. We always like to explain that because that's the way it said, literally, it said, no variableness in him, no shadow of turning. Meaning he doesn't change throughout the day. The sundial, the shadow of turning is the sundial. The shadow moves throughout the day. God doesn't. Another scripture says, I the Lord, I changeth not. I like that better than I do not change. Go King James. Sometimes you got to go King James. I changeth not. He's the same today as he was yesterday and he'll be the same tomorrow. He's the same this morning as he's going to be tonight. He's the same towards you every single day. He's not moody. Like when a parent comes home from work, you never know what kind of mood they're going to be in. Kids are like, oh, is he good? Is Dad in a good mood today? God's not like that. He's the same every day. This is special stuff. It helps us trust him, you know. He's not Jekyll and Hyde. Can't trust him. I don't know if he's gonna be Jekyll today or Hyde today. I don't even know which one of those is bad, but I know that they're (laughs) the opposite. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. That's what it was. I still don't know which ones worse. I think Jekyll was the bad one. Praise the Lord. Uh, Daniel uh, chapter 6, verse 26 says, He's the living God and steadfast forever. Glory. We know that God is forgiving. Aren't you glad he's forgiven you? One scripture in uh, uh, Lamentations, it's a very sad scripture, but he said, his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. At night, you might be feeling like you've just been so rotten and so bad and and so uh, uh, whatever, unfaithful toward God, but his mercies are new every morning. His compassions don't fail in the morning. You can wake up and feel forgiven and clean once again. Because he forgives us our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from unrighteousness. I said he's faithful and just to forgive us. He is very forgiving. He's so forgiving, he's not gonna remember your sin. He, he's so forgiving, he's forgotten it already. He's so forgiving, you keep saying, forgive me, forgive me again. He's like, what are you talking about? You have to understand, forgiveness from God, he has this ability to forget your sins as far as the east is from the west. One scripture in the Old Testament says he throws them in the sea of forgetfulness. He doesn't even remember them. And then it says he forgives you for his own sake. He said, I will not remember your transgressions for my own sake. Hallelujah. He's committed to forgiving you and forgetting Go to Hebrews 8. If you're not born again today, what I'm trying to do is present God to you so that you can say, wow, I think I want to come to God. I want to get closer to God. I need some forgiveness. Listen, if you're not right with God, listen, if you're not right with God, you need forgiveness. If you've been living without God, if you've lived a life very selfishly where you're your own God, you must repent. You must turn to God. You need to admit that you're not all that great. One of the lies that the devil puts on sinners is, well, you know, you're a pretty good person. God knows. Yeah, he does know. He knows exactly how distant you are and how careless you are with him. You need to repent and come to him. But that's the good news. He's good. He's waiting on you. He's calling to you. We just we were eating at a restaurant yesterday. Told the waiter that exact thing. He said that he had believed in God. He said that he had believed in Jesus. And then when he was a kid, he was got baptized, whatever, in water. Uh, But he had kind of walked away from God. He's very distant. And we just said, Hey, listen. God's still after you. Still chasing you. He still wants you. Listen. If you're not born again, if you're not saved, he wants you. You're in church. Obviously, he wants something. Obviously, he wants to do something in your life. You might as well get saved and born again today. Last week we had 23 people, I think, get baptized in water. That those are people that said, you know what, I do believe in Jesus, I'm gonna tell the world. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna be a Christian, I'm gonna live for God. Here's my permission slip. It's wet, but here's my permission slip. So you got to get dunked. If you believe in Jesus, you got to get dunked. It's the way that you say, you know what? For sure, I'm in. Hallelujah. So we'll have a chance today for you to get born again. You can get saved. You can, you're going to have to, you have to be willing to turn from your, your lifestyle maybe. I mean, yes, but today you need to be willing to turn from the stuff you know is not right. He'll help you do it. If you'll get saved, he'll help you turn. you got to be really willing to turn. You you don't clean up your life and then get saved. you got to get saved so you can get the power to clean up your life. But this is a big deal to God. This is what it's all about here. It's about you and God getting closer, walking in this earth together. And it really doesn't matter how mature you are in the Lord, how long you've been with God. Each time you make a decision to turn away from yourself or the devil or the world and get closer to God, man, he's right there. And then now I, I have a more vibrant relationship. Now I believed one more scripture. That's it. It's changed me. That's what it's all about. Hebrews chapter eight, verse eleven, talking about the new covenant. None of them shall teach his neighbor, and none his brother, saying, "Know the Lord." for all shall know me. If you're born again, you can know God. All shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Come on. He said it. He said he'd remember your sin no more. So don't be living with your sin. You confess it, you admit it, and then don't you live with it. Use your faith to say, he said he wouldn't remember my sin. God, you, you won't even remember my sin. Thank you. Thank you for not remembering my sin. I'm going to go on today and not remember it myself. Uh, go to um, J- or oh, I already read that. I'll quote this one, Revelation 3. Jesus, Jesus is called the faithful and the true witness. Jesus is faithful. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Of course, I think I'm probably skipping a whole lot of God's character. You can find many more words in the Bible regarding God's character and nature. <clears throat> Just trying to highlight how wonderful he is, how good he is. Father, I ask that you help them see how good you are. Help them see how wonderful you are. Thank you, God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 15 says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love, we have known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. Look up here for a second. God is love. I could sing another country song for you. (laughs) Me and all my friends. Well, that reminds me of another country song. All my friends have settled down. When I was younger, all my friends, we were looking for love all over Texas. In all the wrong places. I don't have to sing it. You know what I'm talking about. Looking for love in all the wrong places. The whole world is looking for love. They're looking for love so much that they'll get divorced 15 times. To try to find love, to try to find love, to try to find love. I think I love, I think I love, now I don't, now I don't. Need another, need another. Just hopping around looking for love. Oh, we're definitely in love. Six months later, eh, not in love anymore. Married the wrong one. Then they fall in love again. Six months later, that's not love. What, they're, what they think they're finding is not really love because only God is love. Without God, you won't ever have love. You can have nice, and you can have peace. You can have cordiality between people. You can have familiarity. You can have soulish endearment. I like that guy. I love that person. But you can't have God's love unless he's in you. He is love. So if you ever feel God, you're feeling real love. People say, I felt God in there. I got goosebumps. God is not goosebumps. So if you feel God, it's not goosebumps. If you feel God, it's love. And that's why we we expect and, and so many have seen when you come here, it's like when you come to church and there's, it's not just our church, but any church that's really serious with God and close to God, you'll feel the love of God in church. You'll feel it between the people. You'll feel it in the atmosphere. You'll sense it in the music. You'll see it in the preaching. You'll sense it from the pastor's heart. You'll, you'll see love. You'll feel love. You'll, you'll feel good in church. Well, if you'll just stay close to God, you can feel God at home. What will he feel like? Love. You want to change your home? Just get real close to God and let the love of God out. For God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Wait a second. All of a sudden, now we're going to transfer. Now we're going to transition. We're going to flip the coin. Remember last week, everything's like a two-sided coin. Yes, God is all of these wonderful things. Now are you going to be? So now you're commanded, you and I are commanded to have the love of God in us. He who abides in love abides in God. So when you step out of love, you are no longer abiding in God. Oh no, he knows I love, I love. Love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the dead judgment because as he is, so are we. Okay, now listen, this is underlined in my Bible. You should underline it in your Bible. As he is, so are we in this world. Wait a second. As God is, so are we. If he is love, you're supposed to be love. If you got close to God and barely touched him, love would just ooze all over you. As he is, you're supposed to, if people get close to you, love is supposed to just kind of jump them. What was that? Well, that was love. Don't touch me. You will get loved. Okay, so, so as God is, so are you and I supposed to be. <clears throat> Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, the eye of faith can see him now as he is. So when when he finally appears, it'll be really clear. You'll be looking at love, and then it'll all dawn on you. Oh, it was all about love. It was all about the nature of God. I see it now. Verse 3, and everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. All of a sudden now, God's putting it on us that as children of God, we're supposed to follow him. Children always look to parents for example, don't they? And then they'll, they'll, they'll pretty much do what the parent does to a large degree, especially when they're really young. They will do Till they're teenagers, then they won't do anything. they do the opposite. Well, that's the sin nature showing up. But kid, little kids, they, they need an example. So they're, they're following mom and dad. Whatever mom and dad are doing, whatever they're eating, they want some. Whatever they're drinking, they want some. Whatever they're saying, they want. If you have a filthy mouth, your child's going to have a filthy mouth. You better set some rules. Adults aren't even supposed to talk like that. You don't like, like try to hide it from the kid. You just stop doing it. 1 John chapter 4, go to first, back to 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Uh, overcome who? Well, he's talking about uh, the Antichrist, talking about the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So now you've got to realize God is in you. So all those great characteristics of God, they're in you. They're supposed to be in you. You're supposed to live them. They're supposed to take you over, and those descriptions should be your descriptions. Like, you should be forgiving. You should be steadfast. You should be faithful. We should be good. We should be long-suffering. Wait a second. Wait a second. Earlier, there was lots of cheering going on for God's faithfulness and and God's long-suffering, and he forgives me. Yay! Yay! It was really great when it was just what we get from God. And now it's as quiet as can be. Because now you're supposed to be like God. You don't just get to be a little rug rat running around the earth believing in Jesus. You're supposed to be a child of God. You're supposed to be a child of God who imitates God, who, who wants to be like dad. When you were a child, didn't you put on parents' shoes? You know, it was like, wow, I'm going to, this is me, man. I'm going to be like dad. I'm going to be like, I mean, if you're a boy, you'd be like dad. Yes. And if you're a single mother, you better get some dad shoes in there so they can put on dad shoes. Really, if you're a single mother, don't let them put on feminine shoes. Let them, Make them put on man, man shoes. Get some boots in there. Make them wear, you know, you got to do extra work, but you got to do it right. There's no condemnation here. This is just how you raise children because children want to be like their parents. So you got to, there's a whole lot in that, isn't there? Well, you're supposed to be like God. You find out that he's good. You better start being good. I've heard lots of stories of different people here and there. It's like, what's wrong with these people? They're just bad Christians. I had a preacher do that one time. He was teaching on something and he's, he said, if, uh, this, this is what he, what he said. He said, and it was to preachers. He was doing a preacher meeting. He said, you preachers. He said, if, if the only Bible reading you do is in preparation for a message. He said, you're a bad Christian. I'll see what he means. Hallelujah. That one got us even more quiet. Most of you aren't even preachers. They're <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I wonder if preachers do that. Uh, you're of God, we are of God, little children, and have overcome them. He who is in you is greater than he that's in the world. God in you is greater than... But you do have to have those same characteristics. They're of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who's not of God does not hear us. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Hallelujah. You need to be steadfast about these things. You know, overcoming the devil, overcoming the world, overcoming your flesh. Those are three categories of you need to overcome some stuff. You and I need to take strides to overcome first the world. That's the easy one. You become a a Christian. You receive Jesus. You must uh, stop living the ways of the world. Can I get any amens from the back corner? That's the easy one, though. You got you to gotta change some lifestyle. Man, I got to repent. I, I'm not going to be like that, talk like that, look like that, hang with those folks. Man, my life's different. My Sundays are different. My life is different. My habits are different. My money spending is different. Just everything I see is different. I'm changing. I'm changing. I'm, my focus is different. My pursuits are different. You got to leave the ways of the world. You can't stay stuck in the world's pursuits. Then the next is the flesh. You got to overcome the flesh. The flesh follows you everywhere. That's the hard part. Your, your, your uh, stinking thinking follows you. Your flesh cries all day long, wanting freedom from your spirit. Let me do what I want. Let me do what I want. Let me. Your flesh, if you haven't recognized, never wants to really do anything different than it's doing. If it's sleeping, your flesh wants to sleep. Alarm clock, I hate you. Your flesh hates change. And then, then your flesh is eating. Your flesh does not want to stop. Donut day is proof. You already had your two donuts, you're still looking at the boxes. Flesh doesn't want to stop doing what makes it comfortable. You're doing some fun stuff. Flesh doesn't want to stop. Yesterday we were at this church and uh, we were the, the, all the convention was over and we were leaving. we were walking out. And there was a little three-year-old girl and she's bawling and squalling, just bawling. And you know, it was so, so loud and you know, interrupting that we just stopped in the hallway and her mother said, she's sad that it's all over and we took the toys away. I'm like, oh, that's the sin nature. That's the flesh. And then the kid kept crying and kept crying, didn't want, didn't want the thing to end. And we walked away thinking, mom better get that nipped in the bud now. Because that's just flesh. You don't start feeling sorry. That's just flesh. It needs to be controlled. And if the parent doesn't drive that out, you, you don't reason that out of a child. You got you to gotta shock them out of it. That's all it is, is just a shock, not... It's no harm. It's just a little shock. And it might make them cry more for a moment, but then they'll get back in their senses because that's how God designed it. The flesh must be shocked back in the reality. And you also, you also can't, you also can't uh, feed their flesh like, oh, well, here, let me, here, you can hold your toy longer. It's like you're, what you're doing is you're raising a child that's going to be a terrible adult. Nobody's going to want to be around your child. Okay, back into the message. <clears throat> but these things are necessary if you're going to be like God. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to train your flesh. I said, you're going to have to change your flesh. Train your flesh. They were getting a little quiet on me. I had to shout at them. You're going to have to train your flesh. You're going to have to say, shut up. No, no, no. No third donut. I, somebody brought me my favorite two donuts into the office this morning. I had to tell her, now go ahead and go so I can slam these down, (laughs) but I have rules for myself. So sometimes I don't eat the whole things. I just go for the filling center (laughs) and I throw away the rest. That's how I discipline my flesh. I know that that is a terrible example. But you got to set some limits somehow for your flesh. And then the third is the, you got to overcome the devil. You got to overcome Satan. And only if you're in the spirit do you even know it is Satan. Uh, I remember this story. I had written it down. Uh, Robert Morse told the story about his bass player, has this testimony of his salvation. He was in a rock band. And uh, he and his girlfriend were living together. His girlfriend goes to church and uh, during the music time realizes she's a sinner, comes down and gets saved, goes home and starts going to church and stuff. And her, and her boyfriend who's in this rock band, he says, "Uh, what's gotten into you? She said, well, you know, I, I was in there in the music and I realized I was a sinner. I went down and got saved. So why don't you come to church with me? So he goes to church with her and he's sitting in church. And he looks at her and he says, I, I'm, I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling fun. During the music time, She goes, I, I'm feel, he said, I'm feeling Oh, I'm feeling terrible. I got to get out of here. She goes, no, oh, that's demons. And he said, that makes sense. And he stayed there. The feeling went away. He comes down the altar and gets saved same day. All he did was stop believing a lie. You got to recognize the devil is going to lie to you. He's going to lie to you in church, out of church. He's going to lie to you you got to know what it sounds like when he's talking out here. God talks in a comforting way. God never scares you, never threatens you, never makes you feel bad. Never, he never does any of that weird stuff. So you got to catch the devil. And he does it at your house. And he does it in your, the, the way you think about yourself and the way you think about life. He does it when you look in the mirror. He does it when you think about your future. He does it when you look at the past and say, where was God? He does it the way... He makes you look at how people are thinking of you and stuff like that. I mean, he's weird. The devil is crazy and you got to catch him and you got to stop listening to him and you got to listen to God and you got to know that greater is God in you and that everything's okay. I'm in Christ and I'm safe. I'm I'm in Christ and I'm safe and I'm happy and nothing can offend me because I love God and I love his word and everything's fine. I'm anchored to God and I'm I'm so faithful and so steadfast and so immovable that nothing can move me away from Jesus. Nothing can move me away from what I'm supposed to be and who I am in Christ. Man, that's a life changer. It's a life changer. And then depression knocks at the door, shows up, wants to sit on the couch with you. Get out. And sometimes depression doesn't, it comes in and it says, you need to go eat to get some comfort. Or you need to do something else to go get some comfort. Life is terrible. You deserve to feed your flesh. Get out of here. So there's all sorts of stuff. I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Success is knowing God and then being like God. Success in this life, in earth, success is knowing God and being like God. Success is not just getting promises to come to pass for you. Success is not just, I asked God for a bunch of things, he gave me all these things, praise the Lord, I love him. That's part of it, but really success is knowing God, being like God. Now, if I did a five point on how God's going to bless you this week and God's going to do this and God's going to... It would be rip-roaring in here. The decibel reader would. So who are you? Where are you? Where are you in your walk with God? Is it all about just things that make your earth life better? Or can you see a little bit further into the spirit and say, you know what? I, I need to be like God. I want to get closer to him and be more like him. That is a good goal. Your goal cannot be just to get more money. If that's your goal, you have failed. Ephesians 5, verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Did you know that the Bible says that? Be imitators of God as dear children. The Greek word is mimetis, mimickers. Be imitators of God as dear children. If he's good, you better be good. If he's never ornery, you never better be ornery. If he's never irritable, you better not be irritable. That's right. <laughs> you better be smiling. Better be happy every day. Amen. I give permission for all those in your household to remind you to stop being so irritable. <laughs> just lost everybody. Jovan, I just just lost everybody. It was going so well, everybody was so happy. Now he just gave my family permission to keep me accountable. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at chapter four, just a couple scriptures back. 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Wow, all of a sudden you got to be all these things. Amen. Man, oh man, praise the Lord. Uh, go to chapter 4, Ephesians 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. Notice those words, lowliness and gentleness. Not high and mighty and rough, with long suffering. That means you got to put you got to put up with people. Remember how God puts up with you? How long? Long. Long. How long? Long. Long. How long? Long. Long. How long? Long. How long long is the preacher going to do this? Until you understand how long long is. How long do I got to do this? How long? How long do I got to suffer with my spouse? Well, you said you were going to suffer until the end, until somebody departs. How can I expedite that? You you cannot expedite that. You're suffering long forever. You said you would. That's bad seed. Sorry, I plucked that seed up. Just kidding. Just kidding. Listen, this is how marriages make it. You you decide, you know what? (laughs) I still don't like that. I still don't like that thing, right. I'm going suffer long. My wife has been suffering long for a long time. Why, why is this can, why is this can sitting on the counter? That was a good spot for it. That was a good perfect spot for now suffering long. Some things are funny. Well, they're funny after the fact. You would think that a Coke can would be funny anytime. It is not funny sometimes. That's where long suffering comes in. So you think that, well, well, my my problem is not a Coke can. It's probably halfway is funny. And even if it's not, long suffering covers all of your stupidity. Amen. Come on. You're supposed to be like God. You got to put up with people. You're supposed to be like God. You can't just cut and run every time something gets tough. Praise the Lord. The word for offense in the Greek is scandalon, where we get scandal from like this huge blow up, bam. Well, that's what offense really is. Uh, and it's, it's literally a trap stick or a bait stick. And that's how Satan traps us, gets us a little bit offended at something and then bam. And that's why Paul said, hey, if you can forgive this guy, I forgive him too, uh, because we need to forgive uh, that we're, because we're not ignorant of the devil's devices, remember that? So he will snare us if we get into offense and can't forgive and can't get over it. And if uh, really, if, that's, if you're in that, you're going to have to go forgive somebody and maybe face to face with them. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 17, trying to stay in Ephesians so it's easy on you. Ephesians three seventeen. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love. Hallelujah. Colossians 2, 7, Colossians 2, 7, or verse 6, Colossians 2, 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Notice you're supposed to be rooted and built up, rooted and built up, established. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, uh, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Steadfast, immovable, faithful. Steadfast, immovable, faithful. One scripture says, who can find a faithful man? Every man declares his own goodness, the proverb says, but who can find a faithful man? Right. Faithful, faithful. Do we know where you're at? You know where I am. Faithfulness is kind of like a tree, steadfast, immovable. Trees are immovable for the most part. I mean, I know you can get a scooper, but then it really kind of harms the tree. Trees are steadfast. You know where that oak tree is. You know where it's at. It ain't moving. It's planted. It's steadfast, immovable. One scripture says so that the fowls of the air can lodge under it. Knows where it's at. It's, it's solid. You and I need to be solid Christians. Amen. Your goal is to be solid. God is solid. He don't move. He don't change. You need to be that. And, and depending on your history, it may be tough on you. Depending on where you've come from and what your history's like, steadfast, immovable, faithful, and found and solid may be the exact opposite of what you lived in. Some people have hopped so many different places in life and changed so many different times to do different things. Man, it's hard to stay still. This whole generation is hard to stay still. It's like, I'm, I'm, bored. I'm bored, just bopping around. You can't even get the new, the two newest generations can't stay at a, at a place of employment for longer than a couple years is everything's different now. You're going to have to make a decision. You know what? I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be found. I've told you this before. You know, My cell phone number is the same number that I had since I got in the kingdom. Why? So in case you want to call me. Want to call me? Now, I know that's not a big deal anymore because everybody's on social media. You can find people. But that's just an example of you know what I'm not. I, I need to be found. I need to be available in case somebody wants me or needs me. It's called faithfulness. Faithfulness. Amen. Not hopping around, bouncing around. You know where are they, where are they, where are they? Be found. You need some people in your life that know where you are. Every all your people need to know where you're at. Somebody more than your immediate mom. I still get in trouble, though, when my mom doesn't know where I'm at. She's like, Mom, I just got back from overseas. You went to where? No, <laughs> uh, I tell her when I go overseas, but sometimes I'm somewhere in the United States. She's like, I didn't even know you were gone. She's not happy with me. This was, In the beginning, this was so important that we used to send her the church calendar, the internal office church calendar so she'd know where I was all the time. <laughs> I understand, Mom. I understand. I, I'm, I'm in Houston. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Faithfulness will help you do the right thing no matter what. Like, listen, nothing should move you. Come on. Come on. We need, we need, God needs and we need, and your people need, somebody that's never moved. No matter what happens in life, I am not moved. I am just not moved. I don't care if the devil wants to throw 15 fits. If, I don't care if circumstances are, are just the wackiest, you, it ain't moving me. That's ridiculous. It ain't moving me. I got things on my life to do. I got I to be somebody. I, I'm, I'm being like God here. I, the, nothing's moving me. I'm in the will of God. I'm planted in the will of God. I know who I am and I, I'm stuck there. I'm, I'm not going to be led astray and moved around. And listen, if you'll make some decisions, the devil will quit bothering you so much. If he knows he can shove you around, he's going to shove you around. I don't care what current event is happening either. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what's happening in the Middle East. I know my Bible well enough to know I'm safe. Somebody, somebody, One one saint of old, he was hoeing his garden and somebody asked, came up to him and asked him, what would he do if he were suddenly to learn he was to die at sunset that day? He said, I would finish hoeing my garden. (laughs) (laughs) Committed to what's right. Just committed to what's right. I've always said that, that, you know, even if, if if I thought Jesus was coming back next month or next year, I'd keep giving to God. I'd keep sowing into the kingdom. I'd also keep investing money. Saving and investing is a principle. Haven't you read the book? I said, haven't you read the book? Prosperity's 7 link chain shows you how saving and investing is a principle of handling money. And if you're not doing it, you're not connected fully to God. Martin Luther said this, He said, If I knew that tomorrow the world would go to pieces, I would still plant my little apple tree and pay my debts. Did you know that there's a lot of people today that are doing everything they can not to pay their debts? They're running and hiding and running and hiding and running and hiding. Pay your debts. Pay your debts. Ask God to help you pay your debts. Sow a seed in order to pay your debts. Now, you can always go ask for your debt to be relieved. I would certainly do that. If you're in deep debt, call the, the one you're indebted to. And say, can you please relieve me? And just put a zero. I'm serious. Ask. Ask in faith. Ask God to help this thing. You go, but you make it right. You, and then if they don't do that, say, can I pay you half and call it even? Fight for it, but pay it. Man, we we started off so wonderful this morning. It was way up here. And now there's a little responsibility on your shoulders. Mm. Yeah, that's how it is. That's how it is with God. Praise the Lord. Yellowstone's, uh, you know, anybody ever been to Yellowstone Park? Old Faithful's there? Why they call it Old Faithful? Because that geyser blows every 65 minutes. On the clock. Faithful. You can trust him. All right, I'll end with this. Uh, You know, there's more scripture that uh, you're supposed to be a good man. Barnabas was a good man. Many people added to the Lord. You know that we're supposed to be holy. Be holy for he is holy. Right? So you got to be like God. You got to be holy. You got to be set apart, sanctified, cleaned up, purified. Uh, but here's the, the final goal that I've always loved this scripture. Psalm 17 verse 15. David said this. He said, "As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with your likeness." What's he saying? He's saying, "God, I'm going to be content in life and satisfied, just waking up like you. You need to be satisfied. Look up here at me. Every one of you need to be satisfied. In your journey with God, in your journey in life, in your journey as a Christian, you need to be satisfied waking up just being more like God. Well, I would if this would change, and I would if that would change, and if I could finally get this to fix, then no, no. You'll, You'll never get that stuff fixed well if you can't just delight in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. The problem is you've been trying to get all these desires to come to pass and all these things in life fixed, and it stressed you out. It's caused chaos in your soul. You're chasing your tail. You're chasing problems left and right. That is not how you solve them. You're going to have to find some delight in waking up with God. Matter of fact, if you have never done this, don't get out of bed until you connect with God. Hi, God. I'll be like you today. I'm gonna be happy about that. Amen. Now I'm gonna get up, drink some coffee. How about that? You know, Benny Hinn, used to, he has a book called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. He'd get up, good morning, Holy Spirit. If that works for you, use that. Jesse Duplantis, he'd wake up and say, hi, Jesus. For me, It's a little different. I wake up and mine's about God. Hello, God. It can be Father. It can be any person of the Trinity. Find a way to connect to God that's intimate to you. Be be happy about that. Wow, it's my Father. I'm just like Him. I'm going to be like God today. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stop crying about your life so much. Listen, hey, if you're a baby, cry all you want. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.